Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo. Colleen Daniel is off this week. Thank you for being here. This is special coverage of COVID-19 and how the coronavirus is affecting the lives of those who live in Mansfield. We are going to break our usual format this week because we all know about social distancing and washing our hands. So in this episode, we're going to focus on a couple of area nonprofits that could use our help. Mansfield is one of the most caring and giving communities in North Texas, and we're going to see if you can rise to the occasion. But as always, we will conclude our show with the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Mary Lou's Coffee and Sandwich Shop. We are grateful for the contribution to About Mansfield. I'd like to remind you to follow this podcast so you'll be notified when a new episode is released. The easiest way is to log on to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and enter your email address on the follow podcast by email heading on the homepage. About Mansfield can also be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart Podcasts, and many more platforms. When we come back, we will talk with Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of the Mansfield Mission Center, Gregory DeBrew, founder of the Harvest in Mansfield Center, and then we will conclude the segment with a chat with a Mansfield resident who is helping bring a positive attitude back to the community by way of her Facebook group. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hi, this is John with Pool Aid, your local pool care specialist. With the exceptional amount of rain that we've experienced so far this year, spring is a vital time to clean pool filters, skim leaves and debris, and keep skimmers clean to ensure proper circulation as well as keep your pool sweep in good working condition. If you have any questions or concerns or need a certified professional to help keep your pool safe and clean, visit us on the internet at poolaid.net. That's poolaid.net. We're here for you. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay at home and away from other sick people except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Welcome back to About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo. The Mansfield Mission Center is one of the many nonprofit organizations in Mansfield that helps residents in need. This is a particularly trying time for many of those who are currently furloughed or out of work. On the phone with us is the Mansfield Mission Center Executive Director, Carmen McMillan. Carmen, how has the Mission Center been holding up through the coronavirus crisis? Our team has been really responsive. We've uh, certainly had an increase in the number of families in our community that are looking for assistance. Uh, A number of families, parents who have lost their jobs recently, who are looking for additional financial assistance, food, um, just help navigating all of the federal and state benefits that they're entitled to. Can you give me an example or two of a local case that has come into the center and how you've been able to help them? A number of, uh, of individuals that have come who have recently lost jobs. Uh, hospitality industry has been a big one. Uh, salon workers, uh, those estheticians and who, who do nails and hair and those kinds of things that haven't had income now for a few weeks. Uh, they're really starting to feel the effects uh, in their families. We're attempting to help them navigate uh, some systems that are a bit complex, uh, certainly for folks that don't have a lot of experience either with a computer um, and have never been in a situation where they've had to depend on uh, unemployment uh, insurance and things like that. Um, It can be overwhelming. Uh, Families are are stressed. Uh, Parents are stressed. They're they're trying to navigate these new circumstances, oftentimes with kids at home and, uh, and taking care of them in the midst of all of it. And so our team, as much as they're providing resources, they're also listening a lot. Um, sometimes uh, what, what individuals need is just a listening ear and, and a place to, um, to be able to get some, some spiritual care and emotional care. And so our, our staff is, is working hard to be able to, to do that for, for those who are calling in. Is there anything Mansfield residents can do to help out the Mansfield Mission Center? We would love uh, additional help in a, in a couple of different ways. 
Um, like a lot of or, or all food food banks and food pantries in our region right now, I would say that the demand for food uh, for those that have lost their income is we're seeing that increase exponentially. And so, food drives, uh, whether that's in uh, communities, different um, groups that have been able to to coordinate that even remotely. Uh, we have a, a drop off. Uh, site at the front of where our market is located at 777 North uh, Walnut Creek Drive. And it's a contactless delivery. So anyone that would like to make a food donation can certainly do that. And, uh, and that food goes directly into the, to the market um, where our neighbors can come and pick up groceries uh, on a curbside. So folks don't come into the building, but uh, they're able to, to park along the curb, and then our staff take the groceries to their vehicles. Uh, things that we always need uh, include things like peanut butter, uh, cereal, and uh, canned meats and things like that um, that we we tend to to need more of, as well as hygiene items and diapers. So those are some of the things that uh, would be really helpful for us right now. Seven 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 North Walnut Creek Drive, and is that's also where people can go to pick up food and other items. That's correct. Yes. So uh, donations can be made there. And then our uh, market for curbside uh, grocery pickup for those that need uh, assistance right now is on Tuesdays and Thursdays between 1 and 4 and on Saturdays from 9 until noon. Can you tell me a story of this amazing community here in Mansfield and how it's come together to help those in need? the way that our community is coming together to support families. Uh, I had a phone call uh, this morning uh, from David Cook, who had received a phone call from an area pastor uh, here in Mansfield, who had a relationship with Amazon, and Amazon had uh, has 14 pallets of fresh produce that they uh, wanted to distribute to Mansfield specifically uh, because of the relationship with this pastor. And so they called to see if we could do that. We have a box truck and uh, to be able to also um, help our friends at the Hymn Center, uh, whose distribution is happening right now and they're unable to send their box truck, we're going to go and pick those uh, pallets of produce up, bring it to the Hymn Center, uh, where they'll be able to, to use some of that produce as well, along with some other uh, church uh, pantries, food pantries here in the Mansfield area. We will talk with Gregory DeBru from Harvest in Mansfield or the Hymn Center in just a couple of minutes. In the meantime, the North Texas Day of Giving is a day for Metroplex residents to offer their time, talent, or treasure to local nonprofits. And this year, instead of happening in September, it's been moved to next month in May. Do you have any plans? So this really important time uh, in the lives of a lot of nonprofits in North Texas who uh, are losing revenue, such as ours. You know, our thrift store is 50% of our organization's income. So with the thrift store being closed, uh, it's super helpful for us right now that um, the Community Foundation of Texas has moved this date up, which is traditionally in September. But uh, this year, that date is now uh, Giving Tuesday, which is Tuesday, May 5th. We are starting uh, an online campaign uh, so that folks who want to support Mansfield families will be able to donate directly uh, through this site. But we're going to plan some interactive and fun things throughout the day. We have a few surprises in store, uh, some fun things that people will be able to participate in live on uh, our Facebook. And so stay tuned for some, some fun things that we've got coming your way. So Mansfield Mission Center, you know, we're doing a lot of the same kind of work that that we do all year. So supporting families who need financial assistance, uh, who need help with job searching, who need help with food. Um, These are the things that we do all of the time. And I think what's so unique about what's happening right now in our community is, one, is just a surge uh, in the sheer numbers of people who need assistance right now. But the other thing is, you know, this this pandemic has affected every industry, Um, you know, middle to higher income earners who have never been in this kind of situation before. And so I think for our organization and a lot of organizations, 
one of the things that we can do, um, you know, just as a community and as partners working together is to try and make sure that people don't feel a sense of stigma or shame about asking for help um, because there are just so many people um, that are in this situation right now. So it's, it's affecting all walks of life. And I think that's something that's just really unique that, um, you know, that we've never, we've never experienced in our community hasn't before. You're not just helping the poor right now. You're getting requests from all walks of life. Yes, we've got, I mean, I, you know, I heard somebody make a remark. We had um, several BMWs that actually pulled up to the food pantry uh, about a week or so ago. And this is when we were really just starting to see the increase. And one of uh, a comment that I overheard uh, from someone was just kind of remarking on, you know, how interesting it is that we, we've seen a lot of luxury vehicles that have been pulling up and we're not asking as many questions, you know, right now we've, we've loosened um, the kind of the paperwork process and things that people would typically need to do just because of the volume uh, we're, we're inundated right now. And so there was a comment that was made, you know, I wondered how much these, these folks really needed the help. And when you look at what's happened, uh, you know, across, well, across the country, the number of small businesses, restaurants, um, again, these salons and things like that, that just closed overnight and families weren't prepared, you know, not very many people um, were prepared to be able to, to make, um, be able to meet their household budget or meet their expenses on such short notice. So I think it's been a wake up call for everyone as well uh, in terms of, you know, how do we plan for unexpected emergencies and, and financial situations like this, but, but certainly the number of people that are coming in, in luxury vehicles that, you know, had, had higher income, uh, higher income earners in our community that, yeah, that, that lost their jobs. And so these families need it just as much as anyone else right now, certainly. The Mansfield Mission Center can be found online at mansfieldmission.org. Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, has been our guest on About Mansfield. Let's switch phone lines right now and head on out to West Broad Street, where Gregory DeBrew is the founder and Executive Director of Harvest in Mansfield, or as Carmen referred to it, as the HIM Center. Gregory, how How's the Hymn Center doing? Right now, we're doing pretty good as far as, we don't have, you know, dry goods are tough to come by, but as far as perishable foods, milk and eggs, we have, we've had that and bread. That's been our problem is, you know, like uh, side salad, you know, side items to go with. We had some canned goods, but, and you know, like right now, I think we're on 105 people so far and the program is still full. And you're feeding anyone who needs it. Is that right? Yeah. Whoever comes and, you know, I mean... Never know. You know, if somebody comes to ask for food, we're going to help them as long as we got food. We've had probably 40% increase since all this started. You know, I know we've had, there's at least 50 new families that's come uh, telling us they've already lost their jobs. For those who want to help, where can people find the HIM Center? HIMCenter.org. It's H-I-M Center, you know, dot org. Uh, Facebook, you know, we have a website or Facebook. We're also physically located at 150 South 6th Avenue, Mansfield, Texas. Right on the corner of Broad and 6th. What's the best way for residents to give to the Hem Center? The easiest way would be financial, because we can buy food and different things in, in bulk, cheaper than people can get. But if people want to, uh, to buy food, you know, non-perishable side items, things that we can't find right now, like ramen noodles, I think, are not nowhere. Uh, you know, rice hamburger helpers, tuna helpers, you know, things like that. Any kind of canned meat from spam to chicken, you know. Any final words? I mean, I'm, we just appreciate all those that are helping us and, and people, you know, prayers. That's the number one thing we need. Uh, you know, keep all my workers. You know, we right now we're not taking um, extra volunteers right now. We're just doing the ones that, you know, we know who they are and where they've been. When everything comes to the new normal, everybody keeps talking about it. when we get things back to normal, I don't think we're ever going to go back to normal. But the new normal, we will uh, probably we'll want volunteers again. Harvest in Mansfield or the Hymn Center can be reached at 817-453-FOOD or 817-453-3663 or on their website at hymncenter.org.
Let's switch phone lines once again. We welcome a Mansfield resident who is helping the community change its bleak coronavirus outlook to a more positive view by creating a Facebook group for people to share their positive stories. Cindy Cantero, why did you create the Celebrate Mansfield Facebook group? I am also a member of some of the mom groups for Mansfield on Facebook. And some of the things that I had been noticing was that moms were saying, oh, you know, it's my husband's birthday or it's our anniversary or it's my child's birthday. We can't go out and celebrate. Um, And then after we did the parking lot pep rally, which is what we're calling it, um, we're not able to do that right now anymore because we want to stay clear of congesting the parking lot for, you know, emergencies. So we wanted, uh, I had a a couple of people reach out after the pep rally that wanted to help. And so we were brainstorming and we decided that, you know, unfortunately all we can do, we can celebrate, we just can't do it the way we traditionally would. So we wanted to have a place for someone or for everyone in the community to be able to celebrate whatever it is, whether it's an anniversary or a birthday or you know, if you have a family member that works at the hospital and you want to give them a shout out or if you want to be uh, thankful as a nurse who, uh, because I had so many nurses and I even had the director of the ER email me, um, you know, saying that they were so thankful, but I, I didn't want to, I wanted them to be able to tell everyone. I didn't, you know, because they, they, it made a difference. It made a big difference and I wasn't keeping it to myself. I could share it, but I wanted it to come directly from them. So I wanted to give the community of Mansfield a place to be able to voice any kind of celebration or appreciation. You were one of the main organizers of the parking lot pep rally at Methodist Mansfield Medical Center last week, which was a tremendous success. Tell me about it. About two weeks ago, I passed out (laughs) Um, just from, you know, I guess stress and and lack of sleep, Um, just adjusting to the new norm. Um, You know, we have the kids at home now and we have to make sure that they're following their schoolwork and, and, you know, we're making more meals at home now. So it's a lot more than I was used to doing. So it did take a little toll on me and I ended up in the ER. Um, it was different than most visits that I've had when we've had to go to the ER. Um, everybody was covered from head to toe. It was a little bit intimidating, I'm not going to lie. However, the staff was always very caring, smiling, um, very comforting. And I came out of the hospital thinking, man, you know, so much is going on. It's not just affected in our homes. It's also in our workplaces and in the hospital. I saw a video maybe a day after of a community in Georgia that had done something similar at their local hospital. And so I decided to do something like that. And um, I did it very quickly. I made some phone calls on Saturday morning. I called the police uh, department. I called the hospital. I spoke to some of the management in the hospital. And I spoke to the hospital police department as well. Um, And we kind of coordinated everything quickly. And we made some posts around Facebook. Um, We tried to get the word out as quickly as possible to as many groups as we could. And next thing you know, our parking lot is full of cars. And at 8.30, um, we just started flashing our lights and honking the horns. And we had nurses up lined up on the windows. We had nurses and hospital staff running out the ER door to see what was going on. Um, lots of tears. Lots of tears. Lots of, but they were appreciative tears. In a similar vein as tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree or a blue ribbon to honor the police force, I'm hearing about a campaign to tie white ribbon around trees to honor health care workers. Do you know anything about that? Yes, sir. Uh, we got a word from some health care uh, workers. And in fact, I got tagged the Omni in Dallas um, at night is now showing a white ribbon um, lit up. So we're trying to spread that out um, as, as much as we can, uh, you know, in our community as well. We want to be a part of that. Um, we are a public group. So if you, what that means is if you do a search on Facebook for the name Celebrate Mansfield with an exclamation point at the end, you'll find it. 
Um, you do have to request membership. We do ask that you live within the surrounding community of Mansfield, which means you can live in, um, I think, Rendon and Venus and Grand Prairie and South Arlington. Um, you know, as long as your, your community, the area you live in, feeds into Mansfield ISD, you're welcome to join. Uh, we made it public also so that communities around us can take a look and do and, and, and do what we do in their own community. So it's not like we're excluding anyone, um, but we do want to make sure that our community, um, you know, has an opportunity to help within our Mansfield community. I know that's such a redundant word, but that's exactly what we are. We are a community. Um, so, yeah, they can do a search on Facebook uh, that uh, for the name Celebrate Mansfield. And you can request membership. Just answer three simple questions, and we'll just make sure that you are in the area, and we'll we'll accept your membership, and then you can follow us and give you know any help that you can on there as well. So this site would not only be good for individuals, but for groups as well. Is that correct? Groups are welcome to get a hold of us as well. Um, this group in particular is going to be taking care of a uh, senior facility. Uh, actually behind the hospital this weekend and making sure that they're doing okay. So we, you don't have to be an individual. If you are a group leader that wants to reach out and do something, you're welcome to reach us out and, and or to reach out to us and we'll, we'll kind of give you direction on who needs what. And if you are a, a, um, um, you know, uh, an organization that needs help, please let us know as well. Um, and we will try to get you guys help as soon as we can. And all of that can be coordinated through Celebrate Mansfield. Correct. That's Cindy Cantero, creator of the Celebrate Mansfield Facebook group. If you would like to help make a positive change in the community, log on to Facebook and search for Celebrate Mansfield. If you listen to About Mansfield with some regularity, you may recall a touching interview I did back in early February with a Mansfield resident, Steve Byrne, whose therapy dog, Max, had passed away. Max was his sidekick, his partner in crime, his best friend for over nine years. A Facebook post by Steve's wife crossed my desk on Tuesday afternoon stating, It is with a heavy heart that yesterday Stephen Byrne suddenly passed away. We ask for your thoughts and prayers to be with us during this time. Stephen is survived by his wife Kelly Byrne, sons John and Jay Robinson, his brothers Peter and Michael Byrne, and his beloved cat. When we return, an encore presentation of the interview with Steve Byrne. This is about Mansfield. COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. We're talking in studio with Steve Byrne. He is a Mansfield resident and uh, not specifically about Steve himself. We will get into some of the things that he has done in his life, but uh, more specifically, not only man's best friend, but Mansfield's best friend. And Stephen Byrne, you you had a dog named Max. Correct. And Max was a, a therapy dog. Yes, he was a certified therapy dog since December 2010. Define therapy dog and how it differs from guide dog or service dog. We hear emotional support dog. What What's the service dog in relation to the other? Right. Well, the key difference is when we talk therapy dogs, a therapy dog's job is quite simply to bring... As the organization uh, we were with, which is called Alliance of Therapy Dogs, is quite simply to bring smiles and joy. They are to be petted by everyone. Now, the difference between a service dog, how I always um, make the distinction, service dog normally belongs to an individual. Classic example, of course, is a blind dog. Right. And of course, dogs that alert for diabetes, low blood pressure, those types of things. And they usually belong to you know one person. 
you cannot pet those dogs. Those dogs can go with the individual with their certification onto planes, into restaurants, that type of thing. A therapy dog cannot. A therapy dog can only go into a facility they've been approved to go into. And again, that facility will be to yeah, bring smiles and joy. So how did you come about uh, being the owner of Max? Uh, we were looking, uh, well, I moved down to Texas in 2009 to, to retire. From Toronto, right? Uh, yeah, from Toronto. I lived in Toronto for about 30 years, you know, working crazy hours, lived in downtown, always wanted a dog. Uh, didn't have the time for a dog, didn't have the lifestyle for a dog, moved down here and said to Kelly, my wife, uh, we're getting a dog. So <laughs> we that's just, that. yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Quite simply, that's that. So December uh, 2009, we drive down Matlock and get to uh, the Arlington Animal Shelter, you know, Mat- Matlock and Green Oaks there. Mm-hmm. And uh, great story there. You, I've been waiting for a dog for 40 years. We go to rescue a dog. When I lived in Toronto, I actually had three cats. And uh, my oldest girl at that time, she died on my shoulder when she was 24. And so we go to get a dog. And what happens is Kelly goes and looks at dogs. I've been waiting for a dog for 40 years, as I've just said. What do I do? I go look at cats for half an hour. Yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely crazy. I mean, does that make any sense? Absolutely not. So after I looked at cats for half an hour, I thought, well, we're here for a dog. Yeah, I, I better go and see where, where Kelly is. And if you think of the layout of an animal shelter, and I call them alcoves and glass kennels and what have you. Mm-hmm. So I go, pop into the first alcove, and of course I'm parallel, so I can't see the dog kennels or the dog or anything. And Kelly's not there. And next one, she's not there. Next one, she's not there. So I come to the last one, and she's there. And she's in front of a cage that I can't see. She taps at her watch going like, where have you been? And she says, this dog here. Been waiting for a dog for 40 years. I literally just take a tenth of a second glance and I go, yeah, that's the dog. That's him. Yeah, match made in heaven. Was he already named Max, or did you give him? No, the name? we gave him. We gave him the name Max. Um, he's named Max for two reasons. First of all, you can probably tell I'm I'm English, yeah. and she wouldn't let me name him after an English soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> and he was called Max, not because you know Max is the number one name for any male dog. I think through history type of thing. My brothers had seven golden retrievers and three German shepherds. That's why I've. Um, you know, uh, had my got my dog fixed type, type of thing. His golden retriever, Max, and I, I was a young boy. I yeah. played with that dog all the time. Great dog. And he said, well, okay, he can't be called an English soccer player. So Max it is. How did Max enter the therapy field? When we rescue Max, absolutely incredible. From, from day one, he knew all his commands. And he had the absolutely perfect, what I call temperament, when you get into pet therapy work and you get into evaluations, they can call it aptitude, that type of thing, personality, whatever you think. He just came out perfectly. So critically, how did we think about making him a pet therapy dog? He was a young dog, rescued him, he was about nine months to a year old. We walked him on the linear trail all the time from Catherine Ross, you know, to Towns Park, all the way down to, I still call it, um, back all the way over to 287 and Plant World, which is no longer there. If you right. go past, I mean, I think that's past McKnight or whatever it is. Anyway, we're walking him one day and at Town Park by the, the post office and in the playground and poster board and what have you. There's a, there's, there's a flyer there for, you know, All Star Equestrian, which is just south of here, therapeutic sure horses and, and what have you. Yeah. So they've got a flyer and um, wonderful. They're doing a pancake breakfast, fundraiser, good price and what have you. And I thought, oh, that, that, that's awesome. And um, you know, we'll do that and we can kind of bring Max and what have you. So the day comes for, for that, we're walking Max, and we're coming over the, the rise, you know, that amphitheater thing area, and where they're going to have everything set up. We had no idea, didn't even think there would be special needs children there. Yeah. We hadn't had Max that long. Max was a young dog. Walking him, Catherine Ross and what have you, um, I just drove by, actually, um, earlier on this afternoon, at Catherine Ross, glanced over at a tree, and I went, yeah, that's where Max killed his first squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> 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 kind of like, well, um, that I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't wow. expecting that. So anyway, um, we come over the rise, and within seconds, there are literally dozens of special needs children 
all over him. And, you know, because of their disability, they don't put their hand in front of their nose, uh, what have you, to smell, to greet, and what have you. So we look down, and they've got his ears, they've got his mouth, they've got his tail, they've unfortunately got his private parts, and what have you. And Max just sits there and takes it, and I just went, I said, Kelly, well, you know, if he eats five of them, we can leave, and, <laughs> you know, maybe, they, maybe they, they won't notice. Obviously, when it happened for a couple of seconds, no harm done, no, and I'm looking at it, I'm kind of going, that's really, really impressive. So, after the young children with special needs um, were taken away by their parents, two teenage boys come to with us with Down syndrome. I've got a special place in my heart for children with special needs. Now, they requested, can I take Max for a walk? And if you think where we are, you know, town park, that um, playground or what have you, there's a little loop as you go further off to, you know, you don't have to go all the way to Catherine Ross. Right. If, it if, goes if back you, around. Yeah, and it goes it back around and what have you. Back to the gazebo. I certainly didn't want to dis- dis- um, disappoint these boys because um, uh, you could tell it, me- it meant the world to them. So I look at Kelly and I kind of say, yeah, he'll be good. I go just. Please, I hope he doesn't see a squirrel because when I have to look around and such a big dog, you know, he was at that time and as he's older, you know, he very rarely differed from a hundred pound dog. I mean, he was, he was a big boy and obviously not giant, but a, a big dog and a big, big, strong dog. And when I walk around, I would kind of make sure that I'm looking the same way he does so that I don't dislocate my shoulder in case he goes the opposite way to get a squirrel. And it, if it happened with my wife, Kelly, Kelly just dropped the leash. There was no <laughs> way she was, she would be able to hold him. There's absolutely, so I was really hoping that nothing happened with these, with these two young boys. That walk for those boys may have taken five minutes. They come back. They've got the biggest smiles on their faces. Max is wagging his tail and what have you. The crucial point is their mum comes walking over to us. She is bawling her eyes out. And she just said, I don't know how to thank you. Because when they have special needs, like they don't get an opportunity to be, to be responsible and to be independent. And I just looked at Kelly and I went, pet therapy. And then all you do is get on the internet, you Google, and um, lo and behold, um, you, you find out how the, all the requirements for it, what have you. And so what breed of, of dog, because the, the temperament has a lot to do with the, yes, the, 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 the breed. And Give you the short answer and the long answer, again, because of being a rescue dog. Sure. So Max is um, categorized, if the, the right word, as a Chow Chow mix. Um, he was a big, solid black dog. The key trait, I don't know if you know this, of the Chow Chow Chinese dogs, um, he had a purple, blue, black tongue. That's a key trait. If you look at your dog, Cooper, he's probably got a pink tongue. He does. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Now, in addition to, to, to that, you know, when everybody gets these rescue dogs, you don't know what they are. So um, Kelly, for a Christmas present years ago, did his DNA. So uh, Max actually was a Chow Chow Chihuahua German. Shepherd, Great Dane, Bull Terrier, Poodle. <laughs> a Heinz 57. A Heinz 57, rescue, Matt. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I tell you, I mean, that test isn't that expensive. But if I had a dollar for how many times I've recited what breed he was, um, I'd be a very rich man right now. <laughs> you and Max were inseparable, and, and, and you went into the therapy field. How many... How many different locations were you, uh, were regular stops for you and Max? Certainly for the first seven years of his career, if you will, yeah. he did work six days a week. Monday was an assisted living facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday uh, was Methodist Mansfield Hospital. Wednesday was another local Mansfield um, nursing home. And then he did ad hoc stuff. Uh, he started the program with a number of other dogs at UTA in December 2012. But, you know, if you think about the semester and what have you, we started out in December 2012 doing finals week, which was just, I mean, the number of students was just absolutely crazy. Well, as you know, my wife works at UTA and she yeah. would come home because her office at that time was in the library, which is where the dogs mm-hmm. were, right. were meeting. And she would come home saying, yeah, I, I, I went downstairs to see Max and Steve and the line was wrapped <laughs> right. all the way around just to, yeah. just to pet a dog. Just to pet a dog. Well, there's more to it than just petting a dog. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, the therapy behind it is extremely therapeutical mm-hmm. of of just putting your hands on a pet, right? Which takes the stress 
away from from finals from, from I, finals yeah exactly it, right papers uh, whatever it may be i mean even doctorates of course don't forget as you said maria don't forget staff staff would always uh, come down as well because i mean it twofold the, the lineup and uh, you see just on the lineup on the smiles and the anticipating of waiting never mind coming and then being able to and you know max had a gorgeous full uh, full coat i mean um he didn't shed and in in the winter time i mean no matter what temperature it was he would never ever go at this time of the year he uh, he looked like a big black russian bear did you ever yeah. weigh him yeah uh, he was 100 pounds always 100 pounds always 100 pounds always 100 always 100 pounds yeah always 100 pounds what we would have to do um, with the uta central library staff is literally it was like a nightclub so they would literally <laughs> you know have a roped off yeah for, the for stanchions the, yeah for the engine for the stanchions thank you uh-huh. and we started off with only i think around six dogs something like that and what we would do is we'd let 10 students in to pet each dog they could only be there for 10 minutes kick them out then another 10 came in and that went on for two hours oh my gosh on for, for, for two hours now it was so successful and the staff were smart they had the students fill out a questionnaire and what have you and literally all the feedback was or my favorite feedback was um yeah great idea but we want dogs on campus all the time <laughs> like all the time wow. which obviously isn't feasible but what came out of that was we sat down and we said yeah finals week is great but you know we think the kids, pardon my French, university students, need a bit more. Can you do anything else? So we came up when, obviously, during the semesters started, we came up with a thing that the first Wednesday of every month, the dogs would be on campus, and we called that Tail Wagon Wednesdays. Uh, the finals week event was always called Pause for Finals, obviously. Oh, that's P- cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, great play on woods. One of Max's first locations, which has, which I guess spanned his entire career, was the Brookdale Living Facility. Is that correct? Correct. When we started there, he made his very first visit there in March 2011. Back then, it was called Sterling House. It's now progressed uh, today. Yes, it's called uh, Brookdale Mansfield. Yeah, his entire career uh, was at that facility. How many visits did he have over his, his career at Brookdale? He had uh, 462 visits there. Over nine years? Over nine, yeah, just over nine years, yes. 462 yeah. visits so to Brookdale. Yeah, so that's most Mondays from March 2011 until now with the ad hoc of maybe him not feeling well or myself not feeling well or myself going on vacation. But when you think... There's 52 weeks in a year um, to get to 462, even from, like you said, nine years. That's most Mondays. Sure. Now, there was a couple of ad hoc, too, because every time they did a, let's say, a Thanksgiving uh, dinner or a Christmas dinner uh, for, the, for the residents, Max had to be you there. You were there. Max had to be there. Yeah. It was awesome at Christmas because a lady years ago, she loved Max and she was a seamstress. Mm-hmm. She made him a Santa Claus suit. So at Christmas, <laughs> he'd be there with Santa Claus in his Santa Claus suit and we christened him Santa Paws. So we talked about his regular work week. Now, Max also worked with special needs children. There's an organization in Middle Lothian called Port for Reflection Ranch, and they hold Easter and Christmas events for special needs children, families, no charge. Uh, Max had probably gone down there for the last eight, eight years, and the children... Um, year after year, got to expect to see him. He went on. He wore his Santa Claus suit at Christmas for them. Um, he went on hay rides with the children, and I'm talking severely. I'm talking spina bifida, wheelchair bound, and everything. Literally, almost certainly non-verbal, non-recognition. But they would pet Max, and um, I remember one blind little girl who saw him year after year, and they would just go, "I want to pet Max. I want to pet Max," which is absolutely wonderful. What's your next step? Good question. Next step is to uh, get through this week. Uh, I've made the commitment that um, I need to do a final visit, obviously, without him to all the facilities we go to. Um, A lot of people uh, need closure. I can't just, you know, Max can't show up and then never show up. Right. 
a lot whether you know the hospital tomorrow I'm talking volunteers doctors nurses um you know they've known him for years and years and years they need to be told and and explained and be able to go through their grieving process and what have you cause they absolutely love him same with the nursing homes and we did that by the way we did that this morning at, at Brookdale yeah it's going to be a tough week max touched a lot of lives uh, any idea how many times how many people have have, we have a round that, number of that. He probably saw about 15,000 people uh, during his life. I can, in all honesty, tell you that I can count on one hand when somebody didn't want to see him. Everybody wanted to see him. It was outstanding. It was absolutely incredible. And out of approximately 15,000 people, he never bit anyone. Oh, he's not... Not even, I, not, e- not even, not even a snarl. It, it's funny because <laughs> I've got a, I mean, I've got stories coming out of my yin yang. We could talk here all night. We could probably talk here all week. Uh, a couple of my favorite ones is, um, and you know, not obviously not even close making light of this, but he did go into memory care units of nursing homes and what have you, people with Alzheimer's and dementia. I remember a couple of occasions looking at this uh, one individual and kind of a glazed look, unfortunately, you know, again, with the illness diagnosed and what have you, saying, you know, would you like to see the dog and everything? You know, no response. And I was like, Max, go, go and say hi. Kick. And like, <laughs> so Max, Max looks at me and goes like, what you making me go see him for? He, he kicked me. I go, I'm sorry, Max, didn't, didn't mean that and what, what have you. Um, in addition, if I may, kind of finishing out kind of, his weekly thing. So, you know, oh, again, sure. and let me kind of regroup again. So, um, assisted living Monday, Mansfield hospital, Tuesday, nursing home, Wednesday, ad hoc UTA, you know, first Wednesday of the month. And then of course, you know, again, again, I'm going to jump around a bit when we got to finals week, you know, on a, or sorry, June, the, the semester, if I may, if I may, you know, first Wednesday of the month, he had that nursing home visit on Wednesday morning. He still did that. Then he went to UTA and did tail wagon Wednesdays, all went and did pause for finals. Um, Double time. Well, did he get he had, paid extra? He didn't. Well, treats. Yeah. Okay. In terms of rushes of bacon or, co- or cookies <laughs> and what have you. Because what you have to realize is when people actually, um, you know, I've been a licensed instructor and evaluator for these dogs. You know, people, you know, wonderfully want to do this with their dogs. And of course, it's volunteer. We don't get paid, paid and what have you. Um, but I tell people, I go, you know. This is a commitment. It's not when you can't go shopping. You don't need to see a movie. You're not going to get your head done. Max was on the schedule. Mondays, he's on the schedule uh, Brookdale. Right. Wednesday, and I may as well name the facility, the pavilion at Creekwood. He's been going there since it opened, which I think, what, will July be four, five years, whatever, whatever it, it sounds is. sounds about right. Yeah, something like that. But he's on their schedule. Wednesday, 10 o'clock, Max. So again, um, it's not if you haven't got anything better to do. It's, you know, they are on their event schedule and they want to see. And that's when it's wonderful when, you know, you get that um, continuity and that reliability and the residents get to know them. And of course, over the years, I mean, I can't tell you how actually just last Wednesday at the pavilion, a lady he knew for years, she um, passed away the Friday before, but he does his. He did his visit around the pavilion. Went down the corridor where this lady used to be. Runs into her room. The room's empty, and then he started crying. Oh no! No, yeah, he's done it a lots of times. He because he he's going. You know where is so and so? So don't tell me these dogs don't. Uh, grieve uh, don't they obviously know people by their scenters you know you all know good how good the dog scent is and whatever you and they can uh, tell the scent of indiv- individual people or that they don't make a connection with people absolutely they do and i see on the list that uh, at the pavilion you started uh, you and max started at july of 2015 with 193 hours up to to present day and two, present day. 201 visits uh to the pavilion in mansfield um, over his total career, again the, on this list, uh, seventeen over seventeen hundred visits, right? Over twenty seven hundred hours of service, yeah. As a pet therapy dog, Max right. uh, Max was Max was well known not only around Mansfield but around uh, well, well worldwide. Yeah. Thanks worldwide. to thanks to American 
Yeah. American, American Way magazine. Well, that's what I was going to say. I, we got to Wednesday in the week, right? Yeah. Thursday since uh, October 2016, Max was the founder of... Uh, the pet therapy program at DFW Airport. Uh, we call it the the Canine Crew. Um, right. Launched that again, as I just mentioned, in October 2016, and um, that was his Thursday weekly visit since October 2016. And you know he's got security access clearance, so he would go through with the travelers. He would go through TSA. Um, that was a, was hard to get through TSA without people petting him. Did he have pre-check? <laughs> yeah, he he got he got global entry. Oh, global yeah, entry. Okay. Yeah, after after a while. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. And when we first started there, he was young enough uh, to go on the Skylink. And in, and this dog was fearless. Anything I asked him to do, I mean, there was um, no hesitation on. Of course, policies are we couldn't take the, the dog when he was going to the Skylink train. He couldn't go up the escalators. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. he had to go ele- elevator. I mean, can you imagine people escalators? Paul got caught or his tail. Got or what have you. Um, I mean, I tell them, you know, you need to get on the train, just gets in the train, then pass it. I mean, you can just see the smiles around the train. It's just absolutely awesome. Um, so when we started, he was young enough to go between terminals. Lately, we, um, uh, of course, all the quote-unquote human volunteers love seeing the dogs and what have you and we had a great relationship with a lady in terminal a at gate 13 thursday mornings that we've been hanging out with for probably i would say maybe the last uh, two years and you know the airport is so busy you don't have to go looking to meet people right so we would go and see liz was her name and she loved seeing him then we just literally i'd have max sit or lie down in front of her podium and just he's there anywhere he went he could only volunteer for two hours um passengers would come by and um, i mean and it's great when you see people on their phone then they look up and they see a dog and then they go, that's a dog in the airport. Now, he wore a big vest, and the, the, the airport colors, gray and orange and what have you. On the top, it said DFW. On the bottom, and you imagine, you know, he was a big dog, so it was an extra large vest. I bet. It said canine crew. In white letters on either side, it said pet me. So he was distinguished from the Homeland Security TSA bomb sniffing or narcotic dogs. Because they went, oh, I can pet him? I go, yeah, yeah you, can, you can pet him. And everybody goes, I can pet him? <laughs> Everyone, literally, somebody would say it. I'll loud and then where he goes we can pet him and like literally there'd be 15 people on him um and you were seconds. you were instrumental in getting that program into dfw weren't uh, you max was the founder yeah max was max, the founder max was the founder. yeah i've got okay. nothing to do with anything. max uh, <laughs> it's all about um yeah and you know these anecdotes and what have you it's yes. it's hilarious because frequently i used to get asked do you have to come with max and i go yeah i said because he can't reach the clutch i've got it you know <laughs> Of course, I have to come with him. But then it was—it's wonderful. And if you have an ego in in any of this, it's not the job for you. Because on Tuesdays at the hospital, uh, we go to Tower A, Tower B at Methodist Mansfield, and on on different floors. So we'll be in the elevator again. you know, the elevator doors all open up and there'll be nurses and doctors there and what have you. They'll turn around and they know it's Tuesday. So Max is coming 9.30 to 11.30. The door will open and you hear from if there's, you know, let's say there's just whatever, even just half and half a dozen people there of nurses and doctors. They all turn around. Morning, Max. Hi, Max. How you doing, Max? Oh, good to see you, Max. Hi, Max. I'm here. Hi. <laughs> nobody ever, nobody ever said hi to me. It's not about you. It's not. And uh, yeah, absolutely. It's not. It's not about me. Finish out his work week. Uh, you said oh. Thursdays is DFW. and uh, Yes, Thursdays DFW. Uh, Friday is elementary school, elementary which school. he did for about uh, seven or eight years, I think it was. And the kids, you know, if you think um, the kids, um, it's hilarious with him. Again, anecdotes and stories. So, um, again, big black dog. Um, have you heard of the situation in shelters? It's called um, black dog syndrome. Black dogs aren't rescued because um, everybody sees them as scary. Huh. Um, now, I've walked Max. Everybody knows Mansfield neighborhood, Kings Mill, what have you. In, we're in oh, Kings sure. Mill. I'd walk him around. I mean, literally, well, obviously, I've walked him all the time. But, it, I mean, not frequently, but certainly we, we would have you know, been walking Max Actually, it just happened over Christmas time. Uh, walking him, and there's a family coming towards us. They crossed the road. They crossed the street, and so they got near us. And I said, yeah, "Excuse me, guys." I said, I'm, "I'm don't mean to be rude here." I said, "But 
can I ask you why you crossed the, the sidewalk, why you crossed the street? They went, sir, that's a big black dog. And I said, well, he's actually been a registered therapy dog for 10 years. And I said, you've just really hurt his feelings. And I said, I'd appreciate it if you come back and you, you come and say hi to him, what have you. Um, they kind of got the message and it was yeah. polite and what have you. They came over, he had his big fur, fur coat on and everything. They're coming over the street. He's wagging his tail like there's no tomorrow. They're petting him and what have you. Going, oh my God, he's so soft. He's so, oh, what a beautiful dog and everything. I said, so just so I'm clear. So you crossed the road because he's a big black dog. And they said, absolutely. Um, it's a little bit of racist in there, <laughs> you know, towards a, a specific color of dog and what have you. And they apologized and everything and said, we won't do that. And we've seen them since. And they just come running to him and hi, Max, and everything, uh, which is adorable. <laughs> Steve, for the past 10 years, uh, you and Max have been inseparable. Every time I see you, I see Max. You uh, you always walked around the tennis courts at the, at the country club. You always walked around the neighborhood. Uh, you even brought Max over to my house to yeah. to play with Copper. Uh, although uh, Max really wasn't a player. No, Max wasn't a player. No, not at that age. My yeah. my dog was running circles around him, and Max is looking at him like, "What are you doing? What the heck is that?" <laughs> well. Uh, but, if I made it interject on that, yeah, so yeah. Max was a dog, but as similar to your dogs and other dogs, and I thought I was rescuing a dog. So I thought, you know, nice walks, but I thought, um, just like with my brother's dogs, you know, maybe throwing a ball, Max, tennis courts, ball bouncing, like, I am, uh, you know. <laughs> you um, go pick it up. Yeah, we have a, we have a double oversized swimming pool. Wouldn't go swimming. Throw him a stick. He'd go, I'm not getting that. <laughs> but if he saw people, he'd just go, hey, I need to make you smile. And um, boy, did he make people smile. Well, every little Facebook, not only Facebook post, but Facebook comment. You're, you're commenting on someone else's Facebook post. And it's, but... It was never about you. You always post about Max. You, you, happy birthday to you, and Max says happy yeah. birthday as well. And this, so it, it, it uh, thank you for the amount of time that you gave. Thank you to Max. As you know, I'm going to do what I do. Defer to it was all him. I was literally just um, part of his entourage. In addition, if I may, Max um, worked with abused children, mm. um, and Max went to a courtroom. Uh, on behalf of two six-year-old boys who worked with him ages ago, and they worked with him for about um, a year, and that was about six years ago. Um, there, you know, being sexually abused by your dad, you are the evidence, right? We Max worked with them for about a year. Um, you know, introduction, we had to do it s slowly with the boys and what have you. So months and months and months, one visit, they're playing with Max, and then they hit Max, and we go, boys, we don't hit Max. Daddy hits us. Okay. You know, the social worker, <laughs> all yours. And I had to be careful because I'm a male. Right. I'm a male is what I mean. So I had to really you know, take, a, take a back step to it. Uh, a few months later, you know, great visits, another visit, playing with Max, playing with Max. Plays with Max's private parts. Boys, we don't play with Max's private parts. Daddy plays with ours. Um, you need to take care of this. Getting to the crux of the matter, um, it comes where the trial is. The trial is happening. They have to testify. They are the evidence. And at six years old, it had to have happened to you because you don't have the life experiences to make that up. Right. They couldn't have seen it on the internet, TV, whatever, what have you. And they said, "We'll testify as long as Max is on the stand with us." Yeah, that's how much of a bond they had such trust in that dog. I had to go with him, sit in the audience. I had to tell him, you know, you need to sit down and what what have you. And what the boys wanted to do, of course, the defense team had a male lawyer for intimidation of two six-year-old boys. Yeah, of course. And um, so it didn't matter who they answered to as long as the information come out. So they get a question. Pet Max, talk to Max and give the answer to Max. And uh, long story short, uh, dad got put away for 16 years. So Max was also an AKC therapy dog, but Max was also an American Red Cross therapy dog. I don't know if you knew that. Max did the fertilizer plant explosion down in West when that happened. Is that four, five years ago in April, I think? 
this past holiday season, if you remember two years ago, the tornadoes that hit Garland, Ragland, and Ovilla down here. Sure. Max went with the American Cross to give comfort for that. Max did the elementary school shooting in Italy, which was, uh, I think, just over, over a year ago. Mm-hmm. This dog could do it all, and it was all in his DNA. Max worked up to his last day of life, didn't he? He, he, he did. I don't know very many dogs that, that work the day they die. That was at J.L. Boren? It was at uh, J.L. Boren Elementary School um, this past Friday, February the 7th. In seemed in good health. Um, kind of wasn't supposed to go last Friday. Different functions at the school. He's, I guess, such a workaholic or dedicated to his craft. And we know the kids really enjoy it. We said, no, you know, I know you have to, but yeah, we can go for the, you know, normally he goes there for two hours. We said, yeah, yeah I know. Um, we'll miss the first hour, but we'll certainly do the second hour. Um, kids were surprised because they were told he wasn't going to be on campus. So he shows up. And then, of course, the children who didn't get to read him in the first hour, said, hey, Max is on campus. You know, we need to read to him. So the um, principal came and said, would you mind staying later? I said, absolutely not. Max was ecstatic to do it. Uh, went home, had a good afternoon. Friday, 6 o'clock. What was the diagnosis? My world was shattered. He had two huge cancerous lumps, big lumps in his stomach, not treatable, not survivable. And so we did the humane thing, the loving thing. And I have no um, qualms about doing that. I am ex- I am at peace with that. And so is he. He's across the Rainbow Bridge. Yeah. 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 I mean, if most dogs might have had to knock on the gate, I think the gates were open and I think he had an honor guard. Mansfield's best friend. Um, appreciate you saying that. I hope so. I hope everybody believes that. Steve, thanks for being here. Thank you very much for the interview, Stephen. Pleasure to do it. Steve Byrne was 58. At this time, the Byrne family is asking in lieu of flowers or gifts that you contribute or donate, if you can, to two of Steve's favorite organizations. The Mansfield Animal Care and Control, located here in Mansfield at 407 Industrial Street, or Pause for Reflection Ranch, that's Pause, P-A-W-S, for Reflection Ranch. You can find them on the internet at pauseforreflectionranch.org. We welcome all feedback about the program, whether it's about a specific news story or feature that you heard. Feel free to chime in by email at comments at aboutmansfield.com or by voicemail at 817-435-2938. Again, that's 817-435-2938. We will read or play back some of the comments in a future show. We want to congratulate Ann Smith, who was the first person to email the correct answer about last week's trivia question. The question was, what year was the Mansfield Chronicle founded? Ann knew that the answer was 1883. And she receives a $25 gift card to Mary Lou's Coffee and Sandwich Shop. After the break, this week's question of the week. I'm Steve Casillo. This is about Mansfield. Hi, this is John with Pool Aid, your local pool care specialist. Times may be tough right now, but it is almost swim season. We here at Pool Aid would like you to know that coronavirus cannot be transmitted in pool water, so it is safe to use your pool or spa, just not for a pool party. For now, let's keep the swimming to our family that live in your house. If you have any questions or concerns or need a certified professional to help keep your pool safe and clean, visit us on the internet at poolaid.net. That's poolaid.net. We're here for you. Hi, I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, inviting you to make our thrift store your one stop for shopping, donating, and volunteering. When neighbors buy your donations, the proceeds help other Mansfield neighbors in need with free services including financial assistance, employment help, food, medical, dental, and vision care. Voted Best Thrift Store in 2019 by Living Magazine, the Mansfield Mission Center Thrift Store is located at Broad and Walnut Creek. For more details, visit our website at mansfieldmission.org. That's mansfieldmission.org.
Welcome back to About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, and the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Mary Lou's Coffee and Sandwich Shop. It's located on the corner of East Broad and Waxahachie Street in downtown historic Mansfield. Experience the joy of a cup of coffee on their wraparound porch and a meal in the beautifully restored interior of a historic home. You can find them on the internet at marylou's.net. It is time for for the trivia question of the week. As you may know, part of the city of Mansfield dips into Johnson and Ellis counties. Ellis County was founded in 1849. This week's trivia question is, who is Ellis County named after? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, who is Ellis County named after? Good luck, and thanks to Melissa and Kaylee at Mary Lou's for the gift card. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, continuing coverage of the coronavirus and how it affects the lives of Mansfield residents. We'll talk in studio with City Council candidate Philip DeGroat. The show will be released on Wednesday, April 15th. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free. And it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. Next week, our co-host, Colleen Daniel, will be back. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield.